the new will come on. Little bit of bread and butter. It's Sunday. It's Crafty Cox's Excellent Endeavours. I hope you've all been to church. I hope you've all read the papers, washed your car, had your roast dinner, um, watched songs of praise. That oh, something's on a Sunday. Um, gone shopping at uh, Maplin's. All that kind of stuff. Well, now you have. You can rest your feet, rest your bones, kick back, have a few smokes, and listen to some entertaining podcastery. Curtsy of myself.
Songs about ceilings. I think I might do carpets next week. That'd be a good thing. Uh, well, it started off with Blamange, Living on the Ceiling, because I wanted a really good, you know, 80s tune. And I just thought, well, not Living on the Ceiling. Yes, Living on the Ceiling. And then Lionel Richie came into my head, Dancing on the Ceiling. And then I thought, well, okay, this may alienate that my my kind of uh, punk friends, and uh, I thought I better pick something. I well, I didn't actually. I didn't think that at all. I couldn't care less. Uh, but it came into my head of a, a Canadian band called SNFU, one of the greatest live bands I've ever seen, and that song's called The Ceiling. And um, yeah, by just what what was it? Word association, all that kind of stuff. Um, I played those three and I thoroughly enjoyed them all. And that's good, isn't it? So I hope you did too. So uh, I'm starting this um, prior to the weekend. I've got a, a nice pint of uh, Barbourn Cider, Major Jane it's called. Uh, very, uh, very earthy cider. Um, unpasteurized, so it um, it's fairly uh, rapid through your system. I've got a nice slice of lime in there, and everybody likes a slice of lime. So, uh, so that's that's those three, and um, I'm not going to talk about West Brom uh, until probably another time. <laughs> Oh, it's such a stupid thing to say, isn't it? But anyway, um, so let's get on with some more music. I'm really looking forward to my band of the week. Really looking forward to my band of the week because it's a record that has really resonated with me. And um, I think it will resonate with you too. But what I'm going to do first is play... I am going to play a couple of um, more noisy records... Uh, the first one is from one of my songwriting guitar heroes, a guy called Bob Mould. If you don't know him, he played in uh, Huskadoo, Sugar, and now does solo stuff. And he's he's angry, as you will hear from this song. I'm going to follow that up with um, a band called Big Black. And if you haven't heard them, check them out. They kind of change the game for a lot of bands. Anyway, a couple of bits of noise for you.
if you didn't like that, there's this. There's a story behind this song as well.
Simon Garfunkel, The Only Living Boy in New York. And the reason I chose that is because... Uh, well, it's not the reason I chose it, but... Well, anyway, shut up. Shut up! Stop picking holes. Um, it's kind of a crowning moment in it. The only wrong... Well, not the only rom-com. That, that would be wrong. But the best rom-com I've ever seen, which is called Garden State with Zach Braff and Natalie Portman. And it is a great film. And the soundtrack's amazing. It's got the shins on it. It's got that on it. It's got other things on it that I don't remember. But it's it's a really, honestly, great film. If you want to watch a rom-com with your, um, you know, dearly beloved and all that, watch that one. It's really great, and it's just such a nice, feel-good movie, and such a lovely ending. Might have to watch it again myself, get back in the old uh, dating scene and all that. Probably not. Anyway, uh, yes, I enjoyed that. Um, let's have another one.
amazing. DJ Shadow. Um, wow. Uh, I went to see him uh, live in Bristol with my friend Sean and Pete. Not expecting much, really. I'd not heard anything by him. And uh, we just told, yeah, it'd be good, blah, 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 blah. Support act was him playing a um, short film about, um, if I remember, like original kind of like jazzy soul drummers, which was amazing. And then he came on and did, did the whole introducing album and more, and it was just fucking ace. And whatever song Thom York sings uh, for him, Thom York appeared. Well, Oxford to Bristol's not far, and he obviously expects me enough to turn up. But yeah, it's really, really good. So uh, it's been a really, really strange um, 24, 48 hours because um, the band I played third uh, on the intro, SNFU, The Ceiling, um, who I haven't played, if I'm being really honest, for many months, maybe even a year, um, the singer sadly died. And that's that's kind of, it's one of those ones that hurt a little bit, actually, because he was one of those people that just at the right age completely and utterly inspired me to think fucking hell I'd love to be a singer in a band and I'd love to be a singer in a band as good as him I never was and I was never but he was just amazing he had it all the energy the voice um the charisma and um yeah I'm gonna play play something and more by by uh, SNFU and Mr. Chai Pig, aka Ken Chin. Uh, God rest his soul. Another guy with demons and uh, pretty horrible life. Isn't it always the way? It's a shame. Really, really, honestly, m meant a lot to to me and uh, to lots of people of my kind of age and era I guess when it comes to the hardcore scene so so I will I'll play some more um I was going to talk about football then but it almost seems completely insignificant so I'm actually going to play um my favorite song by Mr Chai Pig in his later years and actually listen to this I mean the music's great but the whole lyrics and concept of it, which I know to be true, is kind of sums up how his life ended up. So, cockatoo quill.
it's definitely easy to wallow in uh, misery. And I've done it for many, many years on and off. But I also think it's really important to say, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to turn on my happy switch, as Mr. Chai Pig would have said. But yeah. So my happy switch for this weekend is the big dog's birthday on Monday. Big dog, a.k.a. Robbie Williams, fellow, um, not the Robbie Williams, but the Robbie Williams. <laughs> Not the twat who sports Paul Vale, um, but the Robbie Williams from Welland or Castlemorton or Birdsmorton, some jippo village. But um, yeah, I mean, the guy's a legend. And um, it's his birthday on Monday, I do believe. And um, I, I love Robbie. I love him for the fact that he is a good friend, a very caring friend, um, massively, massively over-opinionated about so many things that I disagree with. But we never fall out. Apart from the one time that I uh, had a massive tantrum at the darts once, and then he did too. <laughs> and he can deny that as much as he liked. He fucking did. And so did I. Anyway, I'm playing a song for Robbie. Let's get on the yachts, boy.
with a band that all the hardcore kids loved and uh, just disappeared into Yacht Rock. You couldn't make it up, really, but um, all that saved I've just seen by Tim Krull. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Robbie, you're a goalie. You'd enjoy that. Spunk it up on YouTube. See you soon. Anyway, uh... What's next? I don't know. Actually, this is my friend, uh, Betty Boo. <sighs> Come on. Let's stay positive.
Sunday morning. It's been a funny weekend. <coughs> well, Friday night started off with um, just abject misery. Just the worst Albion performance of all time. We lost and therefore handed over the um, impetus, opportunity, whatever you want to call it, to Brentford for automatic promotion. And and it meant Leeds got promoted. And, um, you know, whilst I have to say, you know, fair play to Leeds. They, they played well all season um, and deserved to get promoted. As anyone who knows football knows, the fans are absolute cunts. So, you know, I'm bombarded with Leeds fans going mental on social media. To the point where I had to switch it off, actually. So... Uh, Saturday I woke up, still miserable, very miserable in fact, and um, yeah, just kind of avoiding everything. In fact, I, I was so miserable, I gave my um, kitchen a deep clean, which is not something I do very often, I can assure you. And um, anyway, Brentford were then playing at lunchtime against Stoke, Stoke near the bottom of the table, and... You know, been rubbish all season. Anyway, wasn't interested. I just thought, go and have a bath. A bath saves so many things. And, uh, was having my bath. Um, listening to a bit of music, actually. And, uh, <gasps> anyway, knock on the door. Dad, dad, dad. What, Jimmy? What? Dad, Dad, I don't want to know, mate. I absolutely don't want to know. I knew I was not going to do that. And uh, he says, well, you might do because Stoke are 1-0 up. There's only two minutes to go. Well, of course, at that moment, I jumped out of the bath, got a towel, and ran downstairs and stuck it on the telly. But um, in fairness, the stoppage time was fairly uh, nerve-wracking. I'm glad I didn't watch the old game. Uh, so, anyway... End of the long story short, uh, we're back in it. And basically, Wednesday night is kind of winner takes all, really, between us and Brentford. So we've got to play QPR, uh, my mate Sam's team. So, and... Oh! oh no! <laughs> Not only my mate Sam's team, but also my mate James's team. So, uh, wow, well, crikey. Well, that's that's just made me realise the significance of it. But hopefully, hopefully, Albion won't make the same mistake twice. We'll win and be back in the Premier League, which will be utterly fantastic. Oh, God, I'm knackered. Oh, well, there you go, anyway. Probably a boring little interlude for most of you, but anyway. Cathartic in some respect. Uh, anyway... Um, I'm going to play some music that I've discovered this week. Um, actually, no, I'm going to play my band of the week. And it is, um, some lovely boys from Nottingham called Attractors. Uh, not tractors as in the ones play fields, but attractors. Attract, as in attractive. Attracting people. Y yeah. Attractors. So, um, this is Anthony 
from Bivouac and also the guy who did uh, Silly Dancing with Nirvana and some guys from is it 6x7? Anyway, if you like Krautrock, if you like Kraftwerk, if you like Brian Eno, I highly, highly recommend you buy this album because it has elements of all of those above and um, it's done really, really well. Lovely production as well um, from uh, the guy who used to be in Fudge Tall. So there you go. So I'm going to play the opening track from their album, which is out now on Vivod Records. And I know what they've done there. Lovely.
Told you it was good. Let's have another one from Mr. Chai. Like the 
So that was uh, SNFU first up with Joni Mitchell tapes. And then, of course, it was Joni Mitchell with Amelia, which um, is a song of hers from, I don't know, mid-70s. But that version was uh, off an album called Travelogue, where she kind of reworked a load of her classic songs with orchestral backing, which, I don't know, maybe I am getting old. Maybe I am dad rock, which somebody keeps accusing me of. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think orchestral backings like that, with the strings and everything, it's fucking lovely. So much so, I think I'm going to play another song like that. I'm going to play another song like that, and then I'm going to play uh, my favourite punk song of the moment. Because, you know why? Because I can. I can do what I want. It's sorry, my glasses keep falling off because I've snapped both of the um, bits that go over your ears, so they're just kind of uh, balancing on the bridge of my conch. Right? Okay.
So first up was Manic Street Preachers. A lot of people slag off Manic Street Preachers or have a bit of a kind of like hatred for them. And I don't really get it, to be honest. I love them. I think uh, I don't necessarily even love all their songs, but I like them. You know, they were just, you know, bored kids in fucking shitty, horrible town in the valleys who made something of themselves. And uh, I admire that. Yeah, they just they've done some great songs and um always good live. I haven't seen them live for I say always good, I haven't seen them live probably for twenty years. But anyway, the times I did see them live, they were always good. <laughs> anyway, that was followed by Ways Away, which is um it's the guy is Sergi from uh Sam I Am, if you like your yeah. American emo y punk um and can't you just tell it? Um, yeah, uh, it's very good. Don't buy the album because that's the best song off it, and the rest isn't as good. <laughs> they made they made the fatal mistake of uh, well, is it a mistake or is it a genius to release the best song so that everybody buys the album? But then, it, it, of course, everyone's disappointed when they hear the album and realise that they've already heard the best song and the rest of it's not as good. For me, that's disappointing uh, rather than clever. I'm going to have something a bit different now. We played on the flying field. We played on the flying field. Now the green. The green has turned to grey We played on the poppy fields We played on the poppy fields Now the green has gone forever The green has turned to grey
well, you got a bit of loveliness there and a bit of less loveliness, I guess. Uh, first up was, and I know nothing about this person, uh, it's Fillmore Lincoln, and the song was called Early Sherwood. Um, but just lovely English folkiness, I suppose. Um, it was posted by a Facebook friend of mine, Hugh Della, who also writes for Shindig magazine um, and comes up with various obscure gems, um, which hopefully, in the same way that I go off and, and uh, delve into them, you might do too. But that was followed by White House, Wriggle Like an Eel, a song written about the whole Michael Barrymore pool party uh, shenanigans. And, um, yeah, White House, well, I think they describe them as power electronics. Very noisy. Not all of their stuff is to my taste. Um, but that, I think, is a great song. And it takes all sorts, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's getting, oh, okay, we're getting towards the end of the show already. Um, yeah, no special guest again. Uh, I will have one for next week, actually. Uh, I've got someone lined up who will be very interesting, I think. But uh, yeah, well, let the music do the talking, eh? What a corny thing to say, but true. Uh, so let's have some more of it.
So first up was Polvo Immersion. Polvo are a band from America and they've done lots and lots of records and uh, they sound like the records are warped or playing underwater often, but um, they're brilliant. I love them. Very strange riffing and timings. Followed up by two Lizzie's Phil Lineup and Gary Moore out in the fields. Oh, it's a proper rock song, but just a really, really good one. And in fact, just listening to it there, I fully intend to plagiarise that uh, because it's a good song and you can make that into something uh, less rock easily, I think. So coming to the end of the show, what's happened this week? Oh, by the way, everything's going to be back to normal by Christmas, which is good, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm delighted by that. And um be good, wouldn't it? Going out Christmas, you know, getting drunk and telling everyone they're your best mate and snogging people at the office party and all that kind of stuff. It's like coronavirus never happened. Which is nice, really. Uh, we will all be able to get over it and forget about it. I think that's um, it's splendid, really. It just goes to show why we're called Great Britain, I suppose, uh, with the emphasis on great. So I'll bid you good day. Happy birthday again to Mr. Robbie Williams, the big dog. Um, and also happy birthday to my friend Al Terry. He of Rusty Knives, the same poster gravel, same thing of gravel every day. He's a good boy, is Allah. Um, don't think he listens to this, but anyway, if you see him, it's his birthday on either Monday or Wednesday. Give him a big, well, he can't give him a big kiss. So just sort of say something nice from a distance because he's a very, very, very cool dude and I love Alan. Yeah. Right, on we go. Wednesday, winner takes all, I guess. Albion or Brentford, who's it going to be? <sighs> Tense few days for Coxie. Chachuka!
Full British Isles breakfast, please. Certainly. Yeah. Dear robot. <laughs> it won't be surprised if she went into the kitchen, opened a chest up and uh, stuck in a screwdriver and turned a smile up. Mm. <laughs> it's a nice chest, but full of wires. <sighs> Do you smell gas? The food will probably... Uh, yeah, well, just break it down. They'll break it oh. down, yeah. Actually, I'll probably get some ruby grapefruit juice. That, that'll help, too. Where are you from in Ireland? Well, Aidan is from Selbridge, which is near oh. Dublin, and I'm originally from West Cork. Oh, whereabouts? You know Skibbereen? <gasps> Skibbereen! Oh, I, I, I used to go there as a little child. Yeah. I, I mean, I used to go on nature trails, and I used to spot flowers, and my mummy used to there say... There we go! <sighs> ruby grapefruit juice. I'm going to take the whole jug in case it's all quaffed by uh, R2-D2 over there. Tea, coffee? Tea or coffee, tea or coffee. <laughs> Four teas, please. You ever been to Ireland, Alan? No, no, I'd love to go. <laughs> it amazes me when people say that and it's only 49 quid on a plane. Yeah, I think that's what puts me off. <laughs> well, that's the small talk. Now let's get down to business. Now, your programme, what's the big idea? Well, the, uh, the big idea 
is that we want to produce a show that appeals to modern, mainstream audiences on both sides of the Irish Sea. Scary Irish man. Would you like to recruit me? I like your berets. They're worn by Saddam Hussein, Frank Spencer, and the French. the culture of both countries. I think the Irish are going through a major image change. I mean, the old image of leprechauns, shamrock, Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Horses running through council estates, uh, toothless simpletons, people with eyebrows on their cheeks, badly tarmacked drives in this country, uh, men in platform shoes being arrested for bombings, lots of rocks, and uh, Beamish. I think, I think people are saying, yes, there's more to Ireland than this. A good slogan for the tourist board. There's more to Ireland than this. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Uh, you blonde bastard. <laughs> from, from the future. <laughs> oh, this looks disgusting. Still, might as well eat it. So, uh, how many people were uh, killed in the Irish famine? Two, two million and another two million had to leave the country. Right. I mean, if it was just the potatoes that were affected, at the end of the day, you will pay the price if you're a fussy eater. <laughs> if they could afford to emigrate, then they could afford to eat in a modest restaurant. <laughs> could we come live from the Blarney Stone? I'm trying to get an angle on this. See, Alan, I, I think you're increasingly moving towards an area we want to move away from. Yep, you're absolutely right. Live TV can blow up in your face. Sorry about that. You must be, uh, must be sick of that. Of what? You know, being blown up, bombs. I'm from Dublin, not in Dublin. No, we're from Dublin. All right. But that's where you make them. Fly that fly 